Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Back in October, a banner hung over I-405 in Los Angeles. It read, Kanye is right about the Jews. People standing behind the poster held Nazi salutes to the cars below. Photos of the stunt went viral. The banner referred to anti-Semitic remarks Kanye had made in interviews and social media posts, comments that resonated with the Goyam Defense League, the group that performed the hateful stunt. And while this took place in LA, the roots of the hate group behind the stunt actually trace back to the Bay Area. What makes the group actually more dangerous than just your average anti-Semitic group is the way that they take their anti-Semitism into the real world. Today, the Bay Area roots of an anti-Semitic propaganda group and what's being done to stop them. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Um, is it okay? May I have your full names? And... Oh, I'm Mordecai Winter, and this is my wife, Barbara Winter. Okay. I met a couple, um, Barbara and Mordecai Winter. Julie Small is a reporter with KQED. She reported on this issue with Jill Castellano, an investigative reporter for iNewsource in San Diego. They live in Tiburon. It's an affluent neighborhood perched on the San Francisco Bay. Yeah, we, we moved here right at the beginning of COVID. Um, we lived in Belvedere for 30 years. About 30 years. So it's just over the hill, right? Or it's just a- 
They're both Jewish. Mordecai's father actually fled Poland in 1939 and um, became a refugee in Shanghai. And his mother also uh, fled Europe. And, and, you know, lost a lot of people in, in the Holocaust. And his wife, Barbara, she also lost many family members to the Holocaust. She was actually on her way to her swimming class one morning in February of last year, and she found a couple of flyers in the driveway of their home. And what exactly was on these flyers? One of the flyers said, every single aspect of the COVID agenda is Jewish. And it's followed by a list of Jewish public health officials and drug company executives. And there's a Star of David on the top left of the flyer and a pentagram in the right corner. And the other flyer said every single aspect of the Biden administration is Jewish. Well, I was pretty shocked. I came back, I brought it in and showed Marty because I saw it first. They think that somebody drove through the neighborhood tossing these flyers out of their car because they found the flyers in these plastic baggies, Ziploc baggies, and it was weighted down with rice. We actually then were talked to some other neighbors that had gotten them. They also got them on Stewart Stewart Drive. They called their police department to report it, and Barbara said that she wasn't the first person to call. And as it turns out, there were 50 other houses that where these uh, flyers appeared. And what did the authorities do about it? They had some leads, actually, which is unusual because that doesn't always happen in these cases. Somebody's ring camera on the front of their house caught uh, footage of a car driving by at about three in the morning. And they also, in Tiburon, they have one of those license plate readers. Mm-hmm. I, I spoke to the police department about what, you know, what they did, and they just, they wouldn't give me details, but they, they assured me that they did an aggressive investigation. They got all their evidence, and then they turned it over to the district attorney And it was really the district attorney who decided not to prosecute. In a press release, um, Marin County District Attorney Lori Fregali said that, you know, although this is infuriating and repugnant and we reject this hateful behavior, such as they are, the messages in these flyers were intentionally designed and distributed in a manner that is protected as free speech. No laws are being broken in the distribution of the flyer. If they were just targeting known houses of people who are Jewish, that would be one thing, but they're just targeting a neighborhood. Those are some pretty intense, clearly anti-Semitic flyers. Who exactly, Julie, is behind these flyers? It all comes down to this guy, John Manadio II, who lived at the time in Petaluma. Uh, He is one of the most virulent and prolific anti-Semites in the state, and maybe even in the country. John Minadio is a 40-year-old man who grew up in Novato. Some people have probably heard of this famous restaurant, Danucci's Italian Restaurant. His relatives own that. He grew up in Northern California. He even waited tables at that restaurant. And then he tried his hand at acting, and he tried his hand at really bad rap music. I know I'm probably not supposed to express my opinion, but uh, it's really terrible. But at some point, he began blaming all his problems on Jewish people and people of color. He he co-founded a group called the Goyim Defense League. It's kind of a spinoff of the Anti-Defamation League. It's meant to be kind of a joke, you know. And and then shortly after that, he created Goyim TV, 
which has become his platform for spreading this message. Jill Castellano, you also reported on this story for iNewsource in San Diego, and I want to bring you in here. What exactly is the Goyam Defense League? It's an anti-Semitic hate group with members around the country by this point. The phrase Goyam Defense League, it's supposed to be a play on this Yiddish word for non-Jewish people, Goyam, and also like Julie said, kind of a spinoff of the Anti-Defamation League, which is a group that fights anti-Semitism. This is a group that spreads anti-Semitic messages, homophobic messages, white supremacist messages. They have their online streaming platform, Goyam TV, where they live stream and also post videos. They have thousands of followers on there, but that's not where it stops. It actually goes out into the communities They do things like hand out flyers with anti-Semitic messages, hang banners from the freeway, shout out of megaphones. They use racial slurs, derogatory languages. It It is really hurtful. And as of right now, we know that members or people affiliated with the Goyam Defense League have been connected to 11 arrests or criminal cases across the U.S., I mean, Jill, anti-Semitism has been around for a really long time, but what is it that stands out about the Goyam Defense League in particular? I think the pace that they're going at and, and the amount of growth and prominence they've seen so quickly over the past couple of years is definitely cause for concern. They're trying to attract people by putting on these spectacles. We have seen a a rise of anti-Semitism over the past years that is very alarming. I talked with Fabian Perlov, uh, the San Diego Regional Director of the Anti-Defamation League, and she says groups like this need to be talked about and we need to point out what they're doing so we can understand it and try to stop it. The number of incidents, um, assaults, and and vandalism has increased across the country. In San Diego only, uh, we've already recorded 35 incidents for 22, and and we know that this is not a final number. It feels to a lot of people like there's a new norm developing where it's okay to say hateful speech or call people derogatory words and names in a way that it didn't used to be normal. We're also seeing this pervasiveness really have an impact in synagogues as well, where the people that I've spoken with say they're now investing in security guards to stand out front of these synagogues and they need to focus on safety and security more than they can focus on community or religious practice. And That just feels like a really difficult weight for a community to bear. Certainly, there is a growing sense of fear among the Jewish community in San Diego. We know that anti-Semitism has always been, you know, present, but white supremacist groups used to be more on the fringe, and now um, they have been mainstreamed by social media platforms. We're seeing anti-Semitic attitudes and conspiracy theories and speech and violence on the rise here in California and across the U.S. It's not just the Goyam Defense League, and it's also not just affecting Jewish people. We're also seeing this affecting 
people of other marginalized groups. We saw a report showing a 33% increase in all hate incidents across California in 2021. That's the best data that we have available now. So it's definitely a growing problem. This is not only a Jewish problem, it's really a, a, a societal problem that needs to be addressed collectively. Okay, so Jill, law enforcement failed to stop John Minadio in Marin County. And this is a guy, as we've been talking about, who's online, his message is getting out there. How do Manadio's antics end up spreading to San Diego? Well, back in 2021, there was a white supremacist living in the San Diego area, a city here called Chula Vista. His name was Robert Wilson. He was actually originally from Canada, but moved here a few years prior to that. And he was posting videos online under this pseudonym called Aryan Bacon and was developing this online following. And Menadio kind of found him and brought him into his circle. Wilson started appearing on the Goyam Defense League's online platforms and Menadio was reposting Wilson's videos. By the end of 2021, you were seeing Wilson actually flying out to Florida and Texas to participate in flyering campaigns. Since then, Wilson has continued to engage in those kinds of activities in San Diego. Mm. Sounds like he's kind of become Menadio's partner in crime. Yes, definitely. And we mentioned the flyers that John had spread in the Bay Area, but what kinds of things exactly have him and and Robert Wilson done in other parts of California at this point? There was a really infamous example. Last year, the two of them rented this truck. They wrote all these anti-Semitic messages and these conspiracy theories on the outside of the truck. They drove from San Diego up to Los Angeles And they were shouting outside of the car windows with megaphones. They were using slurs. They were yelling at people. They were doing Nazi salutes. Minadio, I watched the video of this. He was wearing one of these hats that's traditionally worn by Hasidic Jews that had fake side curls coming out of it. He was doing a a derogatory impression, a very offensive impression of a rabbi. You know, they were doing this for hours and hours. Well, Julie Small, I want to come back to you. Have John and Robert faced any resistance at all from, like, average people or even government officials? Well, certainly people respond. I'm not harassing Jews. We're driving. You harassed us. People have gotten in their faces. People have threatened to hurt them. People have shouted at them, like, you know, get out of town. You're not welcome here. Uh, People don't take this line down. Low impulse control. Low, baby. Low impulse control. They have been called out publicly by numerous public officials. And, like, in Marin, they, you know, they passed a resolution condemning this kind of uh, flyering and, and this kind of type of language and the anti-Semitism. And, you know, that has been happening a lot. 
Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law Assembly Bill 2282, and it expands the locations where a swastika, a burning cross, or a noose are prohibited. Um, That won't stop the Goyim Defense League because it doesn't specifically prohibit anything in the flyers. I mean, that's an example of how John Minotti has been able to skirt the law. He doesn't have a swastika on there. If there was a swastika on those flyers, it would be a lot easier to shut him down. But because it's the Star of David, he'll probably get away with continuing to distribute them, at least under this law. But it, but it shows a willingness to fight against this kind of hatred and to try to put restrictions on it and to try to protect people. Down in Southern California, what I've seen is kind of a mix. I mean, police feel like in a lot of these cases their hands are tied and so we continue to see a lot of these kinds of events happening but that's not the only kind of resistance you can see. I've seen community groups and government officials trying to counter these activities through education you know and through positive messaging. San Diego alone we have 400 holocaust survivors still here in our area and the county just agreed to make a Holocaust remembrance exhibit. So at a place where there could be some kind of legacy. And this was a direct response to anti-Semitic attitudes and incidents like we're seeing coming from the Goyam Defense League. We've seen a lot of communities um, take a more creative approach, like in um, Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, there was there were flyering incidents where people were where a man was fined for each flyer for littering. So it ended up being like a three thousand dollar fine that this person is facing. And while that may not stop them from being anti-Semitic or change their mind, it might make them think twice before doing it again. Jill, I know these guys eventually leave California, right? Can you tell me a little bit about how that happened? Robert Wilson has been facing trouble with the law in San Diego since 2021. And this started when he allegedly assaulted his next door neighbor, who is gay, while yelling homophobic slurs at him. So he was charged with a hate crime. The DA's office here made a really big deal of the case, saying this is something that we're going to prosecute. You know, Robert Wilson had by then been responsible for some stunts here in San Diego. I think they thought it was important to message that this was not acceptable. But Robert Wilson fled the country before he could be brought to trial. One of the things that we actually learned by listening to some of the online videos from this group, since they're so prolific, is that Menadio took credit for helping Robert Wilson flee the country and setting up a residence in Poland. I've talked to the Anti-Defamation League and they say they don't think that Robert Wilson is going to be returning to the United States because he doesn't want to risk being rearrested. It's not clear at this point if he's being extradited, but the district attorney's office has said that they do intend to seek justice in this case. Julie, what about John Minadio? What happened in the Bay Area is that he um, was exposed. I mean, it was one thing for him to be doing these live streams. He never tried to, well, he didn't use his real name, but somebody who knew him figured out who he was, what he was doing, 
and reported him to the ADL and reported him to the FBI. And once he was identified and people started reporting on his family and his girlfriend, news spread and it became very difficult for him to go through his daily life anymore. He packed up and moved to Florida where he already has a base of supporters. He was ostracized, you know, publicly exposed and ostracized in his own community. While in Poland, John Menadio and Robert Wilson did their most high-profile stunt yet. Menadio was arrested for posing for photos with anti-Semitic signs outside the front gates of Auschwitz. Beside him was Robert Wilson. This is the kind of thing that isn't illegal in the U.S., but is in Poland. Police fined Menadio, temporarily took away his computer, and later released him. Wilson is still out of the country, and Menadio is now based in Florida. But even though they're no longer living in California, experts say it's important not to shrug them off. Jill and Julie, I want to talk about like what there is to learn from this story. Julie, I'll start with you on this one. Why focus on this group of extremists and what they're doing? Like, what is there to to take away from this story? That hate speech leads to actual violence. And we have a clear examples of their followers uh, engaging in crimes as a result of this. Other examples of people being inspired by rhetoric, by the rhetoric of other people. What makes the group, I was told, actually more dangerous than just your average anti-Semitic group is that is the way that they take their anti-Semitism into the real world. The way they get in, up into people's faces and harass them. And, um, you know, other people might watch that and see, think that's funny and want to do it too and take it even further. It's that movement from being just a keyboard warrior to an actual person in the street crossing these lines with people and upsetting communities you know, spreading fear. I mean, the impact of driving through one of the busiest streets in San Diego and shouting anti-Semitic messages is huge. And they are inspiring more of these kinds of activities and trying to create a new norm where it's okay. And the best way to address things like this when they come up is to talk about them and spread a counter message that it's not okay. Uh, They are not just going to go away if we don't talk about them. They go away by exposing them and requiring them to, you know, as the Anti-Defamation League put it, go back into the shadows where they came from. Well, Jill and Julie, thank you both uh, so much for your reporting and for sharing it with us on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That was KQED reporter Julie Small and iNews Source investigative reporter Jill Castellano. This episode was cut down and edited by senior editor Alan Monticilio. I scored it and added all the tape. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. 
I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.